podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Live of Birds pods. It's great to be back and a new season is underway. Joining me this episode I have regular contributors Amy, Kate and Randy. Hello ladies, how are you doing this fine afternoon or early evening or early morning depending on where you are? (laughs) Good morning from California. (laughs) Good evening. Good evening from Norway. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Welcome the Norwegian jury. Uh, So it's lovely. It's lovely to have you, uh, ladies, along for this latest edition. Um, We're going to kick right off, seeing as the uh, season itself has started with uh, our first game of the season, the uh, roller coaster ride that was (laughs) Liverpool four, Leeds three. uh, Randy, let me let me start with you because you have somewhat of a split household as well. So, uh, how did you end up viewing the game yesterday? Indeed, you can call us a split household. Uh, luckily, we're friends today, and um, uh, it was funny because we actually ended up seeing the match together. We went out. And uh, my husband had said that, uh, beforehand, in no way he was going to watch it with me. In no way he was going to watch it with a whole gang of us. You, you know. <laughs> because we normally sort of meet up at a pub and watch it with lots of uh, Liverpool fans. But this time we made a little different, different uh, arrangement and he came along. And I bought him a t-shirt with Bielso El Loco on it and he was so happy. And I must admit, it was... It was okay <laughs> because I've, I've been so scared at this moment, but it was okay, definitely because we won. But that was such a, uh, as you said, it was a roller coaster. It was draining. My heart was beating. I've, I've sort of forgot about this because since we won the league so long ago, you mm-hmm. knew, didn't you? I mean, we were watching matches thinking you wish to win and stuff, but this was so different. And I think it was because it was Leeds as well and because they played such a brilliant game against us. So it mm. was, um, in the end, a happy ending for me and luckily we're still uh, happily married. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's good to hear. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, it, has, it hasn't produced an ongoing fracture in your relationship. Um, <laughs> Uh, Amy, Kate, were were, were you of a, of a similar mind? You know, the, the end of last season was it was such that, you know, the title was tied up and therefore we were watching games from a, from a different sort of bubble where it actually didn't really matter. I mean, it was great to win, but ultimately we'd won the big prize. So, so was it a bit of a shock to the system to have something, a game like properly ride it on again you know what it, it was it, I I really felt like 
nerves again. And I had to, you know, remind myself, you know, this isn't the same team, you know, back in like, you know, 2011, 12, 13. This is the team that we've had for the last couple of years that's been brilliant. But I'm always so nervous in the beginning because, you know, especially halfway through the game, I'm going, we can't lose at Anfield and we can't draw it out. Like we, we can't start off like this. Like it was just so stressful to, to watch. And at the same time, it was, it was a really great game and I enjoyed it. And I have a really good friend of mine who's, um, a lead supporter and has been his entire life. So he was mm-hmm. really excited to, you know, finally be back. It was, I think, believe it was 2003 when they went down and never came back since. So, um, you know, it, it was, I was excited for them to come back, but yeah. my nerves, I was just like, I don't know why it was, it was, you know, beginning of the season. And I felt like it was, you know, just really nerve wracking, you know, I can't even come up with another better, better word. Sorry. But, um, you know, and then we, we start playing and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, I don't bite my nails, but if I did, I don't think I'd have anything left. You know? <laughs> I was just kind of, Anyway, I was very, very nervous in the beginning and I, um, kept trying to tell myself it's okay. It's okay. You know, this is, this is the same team as last season. And, and, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I was definitely really nervous for the start. I, I just wanted it to start off good, but, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a great game. And, and I was glad that it challenged us because I didn't want us to go in and think, Oh, you know, we're, we're, we're champions. We don't need to try. It really showed how rusty we are really. Um, and, and, and I think there was a lot of good points and there's a lot of mistakes, but, um, there was a lot of, lot of good things happening too um and you know it, it it was it was fun it reminded me of the match with Norwich and Liverpool I want to say it was like 2015 ish I might have that wrong but I remember sitting there going it was, it was the same thing it was back and forth back and forth back and forth we'd score they'd score we'd score yeah. and I was like we just need to get the one and towards the end of it I was like we got this because it was it was a it was a great game to watch it was just very nerve-wracking yeah, it was it was it was definitely nerve wracking. Yeah, the, the the Norwich game, I like because the, there's a couple of them because the season we almost won the title, we beat them three two um, at Carrow Road. But there was the other game that I know you're talking about, which was five four um, yes. with Lalana, I think, scoring in the you know in injury time, and Klopp got his glasses broken and all of yes. the rest. It. That was the one. Uh, <laughs> so I, so it was obviously must be up from two fifty two thousand fifteen onwards from when Klopp got here. So I can't remember exactly when it was, but it would have been 2015, 2016 time anyway. Uh, but no, I I completely understand. I think there are a couple of things that that struck me. So one was I always thought this was going to be a really tough opening for us because of how Lee's played in the championship. The fact that Bielsa has got them as one of the fittest teams out there in terms of the sort of the, the brutality of his training regime. So they were never going to give up. They, they play up a, a high press as well. So I always thought it was going to be a, pardon me, a bit of a tough proposition, albeit I thought we would have enough to beat them I certainly didn't expect us to concede three goals and concede three goals in the way that we did 
concede them because they were pretty much all mistakes, um, all defensive errors, whether it was losing a player, not cutting out a ball, being a little bit laissez-faire, um, you know, being done for pace, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and that, I guess, is for, for me is the biggest thing for them to, to work on. Um, as we've got two really tough games coming up, and we'll talk to, we'll talk about them a bit later. Um, but folk, you know, continue to focus on that game. And I did think that you know Leeds Leeds were fantastic. I thought they put in a a proper performance. Having said all of that, you know, we had goals disallowed. Um, we had two clear penalties. Um, and and I think you know Bielsa after the game sort of said you know he we they played very well but we deserve to win and I and I think uh. been a little bit of a, a strange narrative from some people after that game sort of saying you know we 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 were lucky to you know to get the win and things things like that you know the fact is we may have scored that goal in the 89th minute but I don't think we were lucky to win I think. Leeds could consider themselves unfortunate, maybe to their performance maybe deserved a point, but that didn't mean that they that that we were undeserving of the win. So so on that on that point, who and and clearly there is one standout, and we we probably will talk about him as well. But but who were you impressed with as part of that opening day? performance and maybe we can also touch on the people who you were possibly surprised about in terms of their performance so randy let me come back to you who who were your who were your men of the match if you like or your standout performances from yesterday uh it is you can't go past salah i think salah was like amazing in this match and not just what he did when he scored and the pens that are actually i'm I'm betting on him scoring pens better even than Milner now because he does it in a peculiar way and it almost always scores, doesn't it? So I think it, it was his match. You can't go past him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was a bit surprised with the start-up, starting uh, start lineup actually because I was surprised that Hendo played and I didn't think he was that good. But then again, sometimes you... You don't recognise what he does, you know. I get, I get that, mm-hmm. and I had the same feeling about Genie. He's like, you only, you only see what they do when they're not there. And it might have been the same yesterday, but I didn't think they were really giving anything particular to the game. Uh, so Marnier is one of those that he should have had two goals yesterday, but he mm-hmm. was so brilliant, just uh, taking plays out, leaving, you know leaving space for others, uh, working hard in defence in the midfield, and then on top there, you know, we had a couple of situations with Bobby, for instance, and they were playing um, uh, one ball here, one ball there, and they were just, like, yeah. playing around. And, of course, he should have taken that away with a goal, but you could see he was all over the place. Now, one favourite um, uh, moment with uh, Mane yesterday, he was... He was sort of down on the wing or in the middle of the field um, Mm -hmm. trying to get the ball back and he got the ball back and he dribbled with Ailing. And he ended up sort of dribbling him a couple of times and he couldn't get rid of him. So he ended up nutmegging him and just going, flying away from him. <laughs> and it was, he was just everywhere yesterday. I thought he was magnificent and I'm so sorry he didn't get his goal. 
Yeah, we, we you you can't help but love Sadio Mane. Um, Amy, same same question for you. Um, who who were your your heroes and zeros from yesterday? Well, I'm always an optimist, so there is no zeros. I mean, obviously there was there were some some things that need to work on. I think that Mane was phenomenal. Really gutted that he didn't score that goal. I loved watching him and Bobby back and forth. I felt like Bobby still was a little off, um, mm-hmm. but um, no, I, I mean he was. I, I saw some stuff about how horrible he played, and I maybe I'm just blinders, but I just don't feel that he was. He wasn't brilliant, but he wasn't horrible. But for me, it was Mane all day long. I mean, Mane was just on fire. And I love the fact that he got the hat trick. And I love the fact that, you know, he's already three goals in, you know, and it's game one. You know, um, he, he was definitely, for me, it was, it was the man of the match. And, and well-deserved. I mean, um, I, I think the team played okay. They had a lot to, to, um, to work on, but that's... It's game one, so um, and 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 you said earlier that that Leeds was going to be a tough game. I agree. That's how I felt. This was not going to be a walk in the park. They absolutely wanted it. They have something to prove, and and they did. And you can't take away how well they did. They made mistakes. We made mistakes. We just were able to pull that out. Um, and I'm just really pleased we won. And I was kind of gutted about the other goals. To be honest, um, you know, that yeah. it just would have made me feel a lot better. But um, you know, I think it's a, it's it's a, a lesson learned um, that we need to take away from is don't underestimate the the underdog and and um, let's you know let's learn from that and move on for the next ones because the next two matches, next three matches are are going to be difficult and testing. Yeah. yeah, we we don't we certainly weren't given what I would call an easy. Um, start to the season um but you know at the end of the day you've got to play all teams twice haven't you so right i I think for me you know Mo, mo salah was magnificent um he looked on it from the from the first minute um to the last um to your point randy yeah i thought mané was i thought mané was fabulous as well um i I I was really pleased to see Cater start. Um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't 100 sure that Henderson would start, but I was I was surprised that he played more minutes than Cater. That would that was that because because he's you know been coming back from their injury. So mm. so potentially I would have taken him off for Fabino rather than Cater. Um, but I, I also was pleased to see Curtis Jones get some more minutes. Um, I thought Trent had probably one of his worst games for a while. I don't know. I mean, obviously he was, you know, he was isolated for the squad for a moment. I think I'm not sure if he was, um, he contracted COVID or he just had to self-isolate when he came back from Spain, um, and then obviously went off to the England camp. So. He looked rusty and he looked like he was out of practice playing for Liverpool. Um, so that, you know, in theory, that comes with time and with training and, and with all of it. Um, but generally, our defence has been a bit sloppy uh, over the last few weeks. 
um, if you look at pre-season, and I appreciate, you know, you don't read that much into pre-season results, but, you know, our, our last, you know, we, we lost the intensity towards the back end of last season. We conceded three against Chelsea. You know, we conceded two against uh, Salzburg. We conceded two against um, Blackpool, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you want to see us tighten up and not make those mistakes. And particularly when we've got, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal coming over the horizon pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, you know, I want to know that, that they're going to be doing a lot of work on the on the training field um, in terms of tightening up um, and trying to sort of cut out those those mistakes. Because one of the other things I suppose um, Leeds have potentially highlighted is also alternative ways for for teams to play against us if they're brave enough. And some teams won't, you know, they, they, they just won't because they don't have the personnel and they also know on the counter-attack they'll get destroyed. But some of the better teams probably took some notes from that Leeds game, um, which, you know, ultimately you, you expect all, you know, all coaches and all, all teams to do. We would do, the, you know, we would look at how Arsenal played against Fulham, albeit Fulham barely laid a glove on them. But, you know, in terms of picking up tips for how they might set up and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I think I think I sort of tweeted about it and just sort of said it just they looked ring rusty. You know, Van Dijk, you know, made... I, you know, very uncharacteristic errors, but I think he's he plays at such a level so consistently that that when he does when he does drop, he he drops in that his he just assumes things will come off rather than really focusing on it because he has so much talent. I, I do think there's a little bit. It's not it's not complacency. That's the wrong word. But there is there's a there's there's a confidence that he's good enough, and he is ninety nine point nine nine six percent of the time. Um, But but if you've got somebody who you know uh, Bamford being a great example of, he just you know he just ran and ran and threw himself in front of stuff and stuck his leg up and he got you know. He got that. He got the ricochet off the off the pass. Um, maybe at the beginning of last season, you know, Van Dyke would have put his foot through it more. Um, but you know what? Nobody's perfect, and everybody makes mistakes. So, I I just I'm I'm hoping that it's a bit it's a bit like it was last season, where um, you know we took a while to get in to our rhythm about getting clean sheets but we kept finding ways to win and if we do that this season I'll be fine with that um so yeah so yeah <laughs> I think it's um I'm hoping it's that rather than anything more more sinister at the moment to be honest <laughs> so you know having said that we didn't we didn't see uh Minamino um yesterday which I, I thought was maybe a little bit of a shame uh, mm. because he's been looking on fire um, in pre-season but you know the, the games will start to come thick and fast so um, thinking about that and, uh, and I know this you know we, 
we've got lots of things to talk about, but maybe we will just go on to the to the next couple of games before we sort of talk about transfer windows and things. Um, so we've got Chelsea up next, um, and then Arsenal after that. So one, you know, Stamford Bridge, and then back at Anfield. So um, Amy Kate, uh, Chelsea game. What what are you what are your thoughts? You know, I've got mixed emotions about it. Um, my first reaction is, you know, we've played Chelsea and we know how to play Chelsea and, and we know how to turn up at a, at a big game. Um, so Klopp knows what he's doing. But I also think about the fact that Chelsea has, especially when we returned back to, um, you know, playing again after, after lockdown, they really played well and um, they've bought some new players and it might take a while for them to gel. We don't know. Um, don't underestimate them. You know, they, they on any given day can show up and really punish somebody. So um, I've got mixed feelings, but I want to be confident and think, you know, we've got this. It's just not, again, it's not going to be an easy game. No, I, I don't think you ever get an easy game against Chelsea. Randy, do, do you feel that they, you know, I know we don't care that much, but do you feel they've hmm. bought the right players in terms of you know where potentially you know they they might have had some weaknesses last season um you know they've clearly spent a lot of money um and it seemed to have bought with the exception of uh, tiago silver um bought a lot of attacking players yeah and they i think uh, as you said i mean chelsea is never easy to play and it's a but, but at the same time, we sort of had something going for us every time we went to that place by some strange reason. But I think we have to start afresh again. And I'm really scared if our defence are going to behave the same way as yesterday, we're going to get hurt. Because they got Harvard and Werner. And to me, that is a bit of a revenge situation because I thought they were coming to us, actually, to be honest. I thought they were both going to play for us this season. And now they're at Chelsea. And I think the only thing that could go, come in our favour as a, is that they probably want us too much. They really, really, really want to beat Liverpool. And that might be uh, good for us, in a way. If we manage to play our game and be you know, relaxed about it, and if our defence holds, I think they want it too much. So that is just a theory for me to make a situation I can live with because I'm quite annoyed. <laughs> you know, I'm really annoyed they got uh, Werner instead of Giro. That is a good swap. Uh, Harvard is going to make any team better. So let's hope that their defence is still a bit dodgy, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think we we have to look. The the one thing that um, Klopp has learnt over the last three three seasons, four seasons, is is our trust. Um, you know, ultimately, we, you know, we may lose a game. I'm not saying it will be the Chelsea one, and I don't want us to lose any games. By the way, we we may lose a game. <laughs> don't think it will be because we didn't try our hardest and we didn't we didn't play you know i think that maybe chelsea's 
issue may be over overconfidence with with their uh, their surfeit of riches, if you like, because yeah. you have got to find a way to fit all of those players in. Um, and also you've got the younger players who, because of the transfer ban, actually got quite a lot of game time last season who now, you know, and, and it is part of the, you know, the cycle of football, but um, how do they react to the fact that, you know, all of these, you know, big players have come in that are potentially now blocking their path again. So, so he's got some stuff to work out. And like I said, without, uh, Thiago Silva, who I think is, I think is an interesting signing actually at centre back to maybe yeah. give them a bit more experience. But they haven't, they haven't done anything about the goalkeeper. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're full back. Uh, uh, did they buy Chilwell? Was it them who bought Chilwell? I've sort I don't of lost. Remember. I, I think they might have bought Ben Chilwell as left. Yeah. Um, but but honestly, I mean, they've bought so. Um, I think they've bought so many players. I've lost count, but yes, I do believe <laughs> that they bought they bought Chilwell. So you know, so they they bought a left back. They've brought in some centre back cover, um, but they don't have a goalkeeper. But but knowing them, you know, they, he'll Frank will go over to old Roman. And go, do you know what? Can you give me two hundred million? I'd like to go and sign or black. Yeah. That'll that'll, yeah. that'll, be, the, <laughs> that'll be the next thing. Um yeah. but again, all of those players do not a team make. So um Frank Lampard is in his second season as being a manager. He may turn out to be a fantastic manager, but it's actually very early days. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the first season, the season he had at Derby. You know, they spent a lot of money, couldn't couldn't get them out of the division. His first season at Chelsea finished in a worse, you know, finished with fewer points than than under Sari or whoever it was the season before. So, you know, this this to my mind, he spent a lot of money. He's now building his team. I think it's been very interesting to see what happens with Chelsea yeah. this season. But in terms of us against them. There is a, you know, familiarity breeds contempt, you know, and, and I haven't forgotten Frank's antics on the sidelines no. at the back of the last season. <laughs> you know, people are raving about him as this up and coming, you know, young English manager. I still think the bloke's a wanker. I've always thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I and I haven't changed my opinion. And and his behaviour just shows you what like a contemptible little shit he can be. When he puts his mind to it, so. But apparently anyway. he said sorry though. He said sorry to Klopp apparently recently, but it took him like months to do that. So that's interesting. Yeah, it was the least, mm. least he could have done. Little twat. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so that's 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 Chelsea. I'm you know I'm terrible at predictions, so I'm not going to say I'm not going to say anything, um, other than you know I'm. I'm always optimistic, um, and I always hope that uh, you know we'll get the re- we'll get the results uh, that we want. So that brings us on to Arsenal, um, who is you know who we play after Chelsea, and clearly the last couple of times we've played Arsenal, 
Um, they have beaten us, albeit once was on penalties and once uh, coming back to our defensive lapses, we basically gifted them two goals at the Emirates yeah. at the back of last season. Mm-hmm. So looking at you know what you've seen from um, Arteta in terms of how he's, he's sort of setting his team up, um, Randy, what, what do you see us getting out of that game? That, that again will be um, at Anfield. Yeah. I think it suits us better. It is at Anfield. But if looking at Arsenal lately, because they, they've also got some good plays in, haven't they? And they, it looks like they're, they're tighter. They are stronger. They are more, um, not as shifty as they used to be. They used to be all over the place, you know. And, then, and now I was, <laughs> I was watching the Fulham match and not the I mean, Fulham is no measure for anyone to play against because that was so bad. But you could see mm. how Arsenal played their game. And I was wishing for, um, what's his name, to come into the fence, you know, the one that almost always makes uh, pens and red cards, but he didn't come. So, they, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that didn't happen. So they looked tight as well and they looked in control in a way I haven't seen them for years. So I, I think... I think you're right. Uh, they got a very good manager. They got a much better team. Uh, but because it is a downfield, I think we are going to beat them. I think we're going to have learned from the last match and the one before because we were gifting them things and we don't need to do that anymore because they are more dangerous now, I think. Yeah. Um, Amy K, where do you where do you think we will... Um, beat Arsenal Um, is it as simple as you know our front three clicking or is it more the um, is it more that we get more defensive solidity well I think if I think it's going to be a combination of both because um, and I'm going to butcher his name Obama Yang is that how you say Uh his name yeah okay uh, so I've been watching Arsenal a little bit because one of my close friends is an Arsenal fan and we'll watch Liverpool and Arsenal together, especially during the lockdown because we couldn't meet up as our, in our groups. And, you know, I, I watched the FA Cup and and they've really done really well. And Aubameyang is, we need to be able to, you know, put him in our back pocket because if he can score, we're in trouble. He he does know how to break a defense. Um, I think that's where we need to be careful um, but I think we are the better team. Um, I still think that they're a little bit fragmented, but they are really putting, getting themselves together and they're really building a good team. And I think we need to, to recognize that and, and, and learn where we can um, capitalize on their mistakes. But um, it's not going to be easy, but I agree that being at Anfield, even though that we can't have fans, being at Anfield is um, our best um, defense. Um, and as long as we play our game the way we know how, I think we'll be okay, but it's not going to be easy. I just, um, I'm, I'm going to look positive in, into this and, and just think mm-hmm. that we're probably going to be 2-1, but we're going to win. Okay. Well, I will, t- I will take that. So, um, and obviously by, by default, this will give the answer, um, so we have three games in September. We've played one. We've then got Chelsea and Arsenal. How many points will we have at the end of September, Amy Kate? I'm just going to go with nine. 
because I want it, and I think if I if I wish it, it'll happen. <laughs> Randy, any 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 change to that? We're going to have seven points because unfortunately we're going to have a draw. One of these two matches that is coming up next is going to be a draw, so we're going to have seven points. But that's not bad, is it? No. But can I come? No, with it's a, not bad. Can I have a wish for the Arsenal match? You can. Uh, my wish is for uh, midfield to be Fabinho, Keita and Taki. I think that's okay. going to be a good gel and it's going to be very good defensively, but it's also going to be very tricky to get past because they close down spaces and work their arses off. So I think that would be a good midfield. Right. So no Nabi. Yep. Uh, Fabinho, well, Keita no, no, and um, Taki. Ah, right. Sorry. Yes. Right, no, right. Keita. No, that's fine. No, um, no Ginny is what I meant. Yeah, Sorry. No Ginny. Ah, interesting. Okay. Um, right. So, well, seeing as we're we're talking about uh, players in our midfield, and and you know, there's been various speculation. <laughs> um, let's start with Ginny because I've been a bit surprised at some of the stuff on on social media about him. Uh, so people sort of saying, oh, well, you know. If you know, if we sell Ginny, then we'll bring in Tiago, and um, you know he'll definitely be an upgrade, and this, that, and the other. I guess I'm I'm slightly surprised at some of the, you know, some of the 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 shade, if you like, being thrown over Ginny, and I don't quite understand why. I appreciate that this is his final year of his contract, but I I believe that he wants to stay. I I. I hope that the club wants him to stay and that a deal can be done. But even if it can't, I don't understand the, the dis, some of the disrespect being shown to him. I think I worry that he is so good in so many different midfield positions that people underappreciate him in terms of all of the different things he brings to our team. Yeah. Uh, so kind of, well welcome you know your your opinions about that before we sort of talk more broadly the transfer window so amy what what's your view about Ginny? you know i just don't understand what this i don't want to say hatred because i don't think that's the right word but this whole thing of of negativity towards him um i i just don't see where this is coming from or why um i i don't know i'm just honestly i i'm so tired of of the whining um this is the team the same team that's you know just won the premier league and champions league the year before um why all of a sudden is this not good enough you know why is he all of a sudden not good enough i just i don't know i i'm so over seeing the negativity about him and and if he goes he goes but it it doesn't seem like that's the case um at least what i've read um so, I don't know. I I'm just so over this. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do think there seems to be a surfeit of um, virgins at the moment in their bedrooms, like banging on their keyboards. You know, yeah. in between wank. So, I don't. I don't really know what what's going on. Randy, um, you know, if you want to mind you you know you are entitled to your own opinion but you know feel free to give Ginny some love if you would like to yeah. but, but 
be what your thoughts are. Because my thoughts on Ginny is that he is a very, very good player. And he's played, he came as a number 10, didn't he, when we signed him. And then Klopp has put him further back uh, on the field and he's put him into the defense, defense work and he's put him into, I mean, I don't think you can find a player that can hold the ball as much as he does. But by some strange no. reason, but I don't understand why we don't see more of him as he played in the Netherlands team. Because he is yeah. so offensive, he's so dangerous, he's got much more flair, he's got much more guts and he shoots a lot, he scores a lot of goals. But for us, I, I'm sure it's Klopp's uh, message, you know, stay put, hold the ball, control the field, whatever. But I really loved what he gave for us in the Barcelona game when you, you could really see him just turn on, on a switch or something and... and he just decided that game. From the moment he came on, he just did what he had to do and it was just like a machine. And he's done that so many times for us. I, I don't understand what people are on about. But I, I think you're completely right. Is people are blinded by a new signing and then they think, oh, who are we going to throw out? You know, okay, him then. He's a bit boring. Uh, he is such a good player. And I think he's not fair on him either because he's actually got the worst contract of all the senior players in our team. So the fact that yeah. he wants a new contract, I completely understand. He wants more security. He's 30 uh, soon, or and he wants 29. to know. Yeah, 29. So he he would want to know where he's going to be the next years, and he he definitely deserves more money. I'm sure he's going to get that somewhere else. So we're probably going to keep him from, you know, one year this last season, and then he's going to go. And I think that's a shame. I would love to have both him and Thiago. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the fact is, I don't look. I understand our business model, and I know that um, uh, whilst I haven't had time to to listen to the pods, I've, I've you know I've read a number of the sort of threads um, from Mo Chatra in terms of you know the money matters stuff. Mm. Also, you know, the, some of the information that Swiss Ramble puts out, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we know that, you know, we are not run in the same way as some of the other clubs that are spending. And we're not bankrolled by, you know, state sovereign funds and, you know, or, or you know, a billionaire's plaything and all the rest of it. You know, FSG have run us as a sustainable business so there is that whole you know we you know we we sell we buy we reinvest um so we don't necessarily have you know all of the funds available as some of the other uh, teams may do but but one of the things that i did read the other earlier well i guess it was not that long ago was from mo was around the level of agents fees that we seem to pay that seem to be excessively high in comparison to some of the other teams and you wonder whether that you know that's an area where you could actually find a way to do something a bit differently and maybe get some of that money back and and reinvest in the team I, i've got no idea whether we will get tiago or not no. i mean the, the, if if my my gut would say more likely not because it it's not the profile of the player that we would normally sign at that age but you know not, I, I wouldn't rule anything out because Klopp won't rule anything out 
Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> I'm not going to. I mean, we, we announced today we've signed some young uh, Brazilian uh, keeper for the future. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so it's not like we're not doing anything. It's just we're not we're not signing marquee players. But I am not sure, unless we have a glaring gap, that I that we will see us do that. Um, I'm not sure that's the model. We we are making superstars. We're not buying them anymore. That's exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we, we have spent the last three years building a team where we had some great players who have over that period of time become world-class players. And inevitably, when, you know, one of them, two of them, three of them go and over whatever period they go, they will go as world-class players where we will probably be able to sell them for excess of £100 million. And I don't want any of them to go, but I was talking to a friend the other night, and I think I've said it on a previous pod as well. I stopped emotionally investing in the players in the same way after Fernando Torres because he broke my heart. Yeah. Because <laughs> I genuinely believed he would stay at Liverpool. And he left. A, he put in a transfer request. B, he left and C, he went to Chelsea. And those three things together, just they, 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 they <laughs> are utterly heartbroken. So from that point on, I just went, you know what? Love them while they're here, but accept the fact they're not going to stay forever. And so, you know, if it is Mo Salah or if it is Sadio Mane or if it is Roberto Firmino, at some point in the next two years, one, two or all three of them may go. I hope they don't, but I expect that at least one of them will. But I also expect we will make a lot of money on the back of it and we should reinvest it wisely. But mm-hmm. I guess that that's that's the thing. I'm not sure whether this team has peaked yet. And I and I see all of the stuff about people sort of saying, you know, you buy from a position of strength. Um Klopp has never been a manager that that you know, talks about buying, buying, buying. He talks about finding solutions, and there's lots of different ways you can do that. And one of his big things is obviously about developing players. So I, I suppose, I, I, you know, we started talking about Ginny, and we've sort of meandered a little bit, but I am, I kind of understand on one level about people sort of saying, we want to see us showing our intent in the market. I get that, but I don't think people necessarily, particularly with COVID, with no fans, with the turn-off of the revenue streams, with no season ticket income coming in, um, and whilst we all believe that the new Nike deal is is fantastic and we, we've broken records with our, you know, new, new kit, shirt sales and one thing and another i don't think that all all of that makes up for the drop in revenue we've got in all of the other areas so it's difficult to see because the the club isn't going to put us in massive amounts of debt i mean they bought us to get us out of debt so it's difficult to see when when you talk you so randy you talked about you know that you you're upset about timo Werner. When you saw the details, and I, you know, with 
put a pinch of salt about how accurate they are. But, you know, a, a 10 million signing bonus earning, I don't know, 350 grand a week, um, this, that, and the other thing. Were we ever going to sign a player on those sorts of terms? No. Our, all of our contracts, as I understand them, are kind of incentive-based. So, so you come in and you don't necessarily earn that much, but if you hit certain targets, if the club wins things and whatever, you get incentives and bonuses and what have you. And you can see our wage bill has gone up massively yeah the last um two years because we we've, we've started to win stuff and players absolutely those targets so i can't believe we're going to rip up that business model in term in terms of players that we would bring in so i don't know was it i'm not saying Werner didn't want to come to us but in terms of what he wanted as a package was it ever likely we'd be able to meet his demands i suppose that, that that's one of the questions in my mind now. Yeah, but I think what happened in that case was the fact that if we were ready to take him, uh, and because of COVID, we would not. We changed our plan because of that, because he wouldn't have had that uh, uh, wages uh, in Liverpool. But as you said, with the incentives and the rest of it, if you play your game, I mean, look at Salah, he, he earns most in the Britain. And he plays for us. So we got a very good thing that works, I think. Uh, he, he would have come to us, but because we were stalling on it, we were waiting on it. We said, well, maybe we can't afford it now in that same way that we were. So Chelsea opened their arms and took him, you know, and, and I'm not that sad about him, actually. I think Harvard is much better and he would have made sense for us. But I think, as you yeah. said, we... we we are making superstars, not signing them anymore. But then sometimes, and Klopp has said this as well, if something comes up, you have to jump. So I think yeah. maybe Thiago is one of those that uh, if something comes up and a brilliant player like that will come to you on our terms, we'll do it. But what really surprises me is like because we make players now, we pick up, uh, we've been much better picking up young uh, players as well now looking into the future but but what happens with Brewster how come he is not suddenly because we've been so patient with him suddenly we don't want him anymore it looks like he goes to Sheffield United um, on not on loan but actually they're going to buy him with a buyback clause and things like that and I think that is so strange why can't Klopp make him into a better player as he does with all the rest of them I think it's strange. And Grujic as well, the first player he signed for us. Uh, Wilson, Wilson Grujic, Nat Phillips, all these players that are actually very good, but we can't use them. So it's strange. It's so many players that are going to leave us now, on loan or... or well, the, the, the thing is that the loan, loans are part of it now. They are part of the landscape now. And, and all of the, you know, all of the, the top, well, all clubs do it. Forget about top clubs. All all clubs do it. Yes, we've probably got bigger squads, you know, than than a lot of the the clubs in the Premier League. But you know, the fact is that if if we think that they're they're talented, um, then you know, and we don't think that they're going to get the game time we want them to get, then. Surely the best thing for their development is to um, 
you know, is to is to give them uh, the opportunity to play regular games on loan. And yeah, I, I, have, I have learned. I I don't know all this stuff about Brewster. I think it's so until it's announced by the club. As far as I'm concerned, it's paper talk, right? Yeah, so yeah. we don't know, do we? But he we, scored every time we played him. So yeah. give him a loan again then, and take him back. But it looks like it's something you know, there. Do you know where I would send him on loan? Because potentially I would send him out on loan this season. Yeah, me too. I would, I, uh, I would send him to Rangers. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Funny that you said that, because I was thinking the same thing. Because I really think he's a brilliant player, and I think he's um, exactly what we do, is take players that are young, look at Trent, look at Curtis, you know, um, mm-hmm. Nico Williams. Um, but, I mean, Trent... Let's be fair. Trent's now been around for a little bit longer, and look what, look what he's turned into, um, and and I think that Brewster could be that as well. And I really think that um, it would be great to go see him. I mean, maybe it was just me wishful thinking with with Stevie, but um, I think it'd be great to get him some some uh, experience, more experience, because I think he'd be wasted talent on the bench. I think yeah. I still think he needs needs that um, constant playing time, but I don't want to see us sell him but I guess maybe and I have no idea but maybe the only way this particular deal will go is if they can buy him and that's what the buyback clause is I'm I'm not really privy about that kind of stuff I don't really understand all how all that part works so so I don't know but um yeah, I think I don't so know this, uh, so so for my mind I think there is a build-up with with Brewster so um, he obviously he went on loan to Swansea last season, um, mm-hmm. and 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 that was you know they're they you know they're a football playing side but they're at Championship level now, um, but he did really well there. So the next step up is and you you can argue whether the Scottish Premiership is better or worse than the Championship, um, but I think maybe there's an opportunity to go to Rangers, but if not. Then, then I, you know, on loan to another Premier League club, can he cut it at the mm. Premier League level on a week in, week out? Because, like I said, the loan, the loan system, you, you look at it in, diff- in different ways. Sometimes it's, you know, potentially you are right for this club. You're just not right now. You need to go and, you know, get a bit bruised and go up against the big boys. Other one is um, your path is genuinely blocked and therefore you need the minutes, um, but you're not going to get them. So send them off. Or actually, you don't think you're ever going to make it at this club, but we need to see whether you can make it at this level and therefore can we generate value out of you by putting you in the shop window by being in loan somewhere else. I mean, ultimately that that's it and also you know there's the opportunity for for players to get different experiences you know whether it's you know in the uk or whether it's abroad to you know play different styles experience different coaching and stuff so you know there are there's clearly developmental opportunities for the players but um brewster's an interesting one because i i think he i think he's a pure goal scorer right he's, he's different to what at the moment he doesn't you know he's he's not a he, you know he's not a Salah and he's not a Firmino he's more of a I would say he's 
he he's more of a Aldridge type player. Yeah. Um, he's more mm-hmm. goal hanger. He comes alive in and around the box. But if he wants to play in Klopp's team, he has to he has to be able to work in the same way as the other players, even if he's got a different skill set. And I think that's the that's the bit that he'd need to develop for me to be able to to get into the side. Does that make sense? Do you do you think it it also has something to do with the fact that Klopp definitely plays in a system and his system works um, and it kind of you know at least the way I look at it is um, when you have the system even the best players and the you, know, you might put say a player that's maybe still learning but he's in this system so he it makes him look good and gives him confidence and and um, and it just helps strengthen everything because um, and Brewster maybe isn't there yet for that system I mean Possibly. I don't know. I mean, it's just a thought. I'm not saying it's right, but it's it's one of those things that um, you've got to somehow fit into the system, into into the way that Klopp plays, and until and and that's why some of these other players that people think, oh, they should, we should take, you know, this person or that person. Um, take Pulisic for example. He played for Dortmund, and you know, me being American, I really wanted to see him play for us. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I knew we weren't going to get him because there's no way he was going to replace. He's, he's too good to sit on the bench. And yeah. yet I wouldn't sacrifice any of our top three to put him in there. So it just, it wasn't, we couldn't take him. It just didn't make sense. And it's a shame that he went to Chelsea, but, yeah. um, you know, he needed to play, um, high level football. And so he needed to go where he needed to be. Obama Yang's another one. Um, I don't know if he would have fit in our system because I think he's a little bit selfish. But, um, you know, he's a natural goal scorer as well. And he played for, for Klopp. So, um, he, but, 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 but he's 31. And, yeah. Um, well, true. But a couple years ago when he went, because I don't know how long he's been with, with Arsenal now, but he's been there for a few years now. Um, yeah. Oh, no. the, the thing on just just on that point about Birmingham, I remember it was either listening to or reading an interview with Klopp where he basically sort of talked about the fact that he wasn't interested in going back. He was only mm. in going forward, which is why I think you will rarely see ex-Klopp players come back into new Klopp teams. Yeah. Not that they don't they don't love him as a coach and he's not in contact with them, but he's constantly looking to to create for the future and not necessarily revisit what he's already done. Yeah. So uh, so t- to your point, I I agree, you know, in in some respects it would have been great to see some of the players that he had at his height in Dortmund, you know, come come into our teams, but actually he didn't want to recreate what he had at Dortmund. He wanted to build what he wanted to build at Liverpool, and he wasn't he wasn't looking for, maybe he was looking for the new them, but he wasn't looking for them because he'd already made them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard the same thing, and it of course it's he's different than um, 
what's his name at Everton now that just brought in uh, Hammers. Just brought in Hammers and, yeah. and um, I don't know, yeah. there's somebody else as well, but I can't remember who it is. And they've been together in three t- different teams now. That's amazing. But Klopp is definitely not there. Uh, but can I just say, uh, I, I think this is like, um, if we end up selling Brewster now, that must be a very, very strong sign that we actually need the money. <laughs> and so that means we're going to buy somebody else. because Or else we should just loan him out, as he said. Let him play where he's going to play and he can um, be in a tough team, you know, that you have to fight for everything and, and, and definitely have game time. Because what, what we don't need, him sitting on bench somewhere else uh, in the Premier League, we might as well keep him then. So I think if, if we actually end up saying you know, I agree with you, and I and I'm not I'm not convinced um, that there's any truth in it at this point, to be honest. So, yeah, but no, no. If, if there is truth in it, then then maybe you're right, Randy. Um, yeah. Okay, so, uh, so other other than Thiago, um, very briefly, is there? Is there either a player or position you'd like to see us strengthen in the remaining weeks of this transfer window? Randy, go. Yeah, uh, we need a substitute for Mane. That is uh, dangerous and interesting and good. And that could be Saar, his friend from his home country. I think that would be a very good buy. But they want 40, so then we need to sell something. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, she made a good point. I, I'm I'm gonna just second that. You know, I, I to be honest, I really haven't focused. It's just been such a a weird time, and everything with COVID and and our world has kind of been turned upside down. That I really haven't been looking at um that kind of thing. Um, I I definitely think she's right, and but um you know I see um. I'm kind of looking at like some of the young players that we have in the academy, um, you know, kind of, kind of hoping that, 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 that will help develop them and, and put in, um, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think we do need somebody that's willing to sit the bench and, and, and take play their, their part when needed. Um, God forbid we have an injury. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a, example, um, when, a lot of people hate on Hendo. A lot of people love on love on Hendo too, and I I really love the guy. Um, but when he's injured and he's not there, you can tell. It really makes a difference in our team. Um, sometimes I think that he's so good at what he does, you don't notice him. It's not that he's not doing anything. I just think he does what he does so well. Um, I w- want to make sure that if he isn't there, you know that we're we're still strong. Um, another thing is, is, um, you know, Oxley Chamberlain, um, you know, he's a brilliant player, but he keeps getting injured. Mm. You know, um, I, I think we need to, to think about looking at having a, a well-rounded player like Milner, you know, I mean, obviously Milner's older and whatever, but you could put Milner anywhere and he's a beast. I, mm. I, I think we need a utility player like Milner. So that if something does happen, he can fit in anywhere and then we don't have any problems. But I guess that's wishful thinking. I don't mm. know if there is such yeah, a player, this but, is, but this that would be ideal. 
This is all about, you know, what, you know, not necessarily the art of the possible, but what you'd really like. So, so that's fine. Right. So one word, one word answer um, for this next question. So who are our biggest rivals going to be this season? Amy Kate. I'm going to go with City. Huh? I think they have something to prove. Uh, only, I have to say only one team. <laughs> Because I think City is yeah, going well, to be up there, but that is a bit boring. One, I think. one word answer, so that would indicate one team, but you know, go on. Because I'm afraid <laughs> of the Chelsea and Arsenal and City, so that we're going to get more, much more competition this year. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so that that's fine. So on that on that basis, then we're gonna we're gonna sort of come into. Um, uh, predictions and and any other business so um and I, I must try and remember when we get to the end of the season to actually go back to these but um <laughs> what i want is um as they've been doing on the websites over here and maybe you've been doing some of the stuff in the in the states as well amy kate um who you think your top four are going to be um the golden boot winner and the three teams you think are going to get relegated. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, top four are definitely going to be Liverpool, City, Arsenal, and Chelsea. I think those are going to be the top four. I think, okay. um, I think that <sighs> I, I'm going to look through rose-colored glasses, and it's either going to be um, Salah or Mane. Because I'm just not even going to think about anybody else outside of our team. Yes, I'm biased, but you know I'm allowed my opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I think Leeds is going to stay up, so it's definitely not going to be Leeds going back down. Um, okay. I, I would love to see United go down, but okay, again, wishful thinking that's not going to happen. Um, you know, I, I don't really have a, a thought yet. I think it's too early to say who I think is going to be relegated. Um, I could tell you who I would love to see relegated, but then those would be, you know, the, the <laughs> top three above below us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, I don't. I don't really. I think it's too soon for me really to kind of honestly think my my opinion on on who's going to be relegated. But I, I, I um, yeah. All right, Randy. Same question to you. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be uh, Liverpool at the top. Then they have to fight each other out: City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Uh, okay. And Salah is, is back as a golden mm -hmm. boot holder. He is definitely back. Uh, <laughs> the three teams that are going to go down is definitely Fulham, West Brom, mm -hmm. and Villa. Okay. Maybe actually, maybe actually, West Ham is going to fight for it as well down there. So let's see how good they're going to fight for it. Mm. That's going to ruin my EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <Sorry>. word. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. So my... Guilty um, pleasure. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. It doesn't have to be guilty. <laughs> um, right, so so my, my quick fire then. So um, I think it will be... Liverpool, City, 
I do. Th- I, I can't. I can't. I can't give you my <laughs> place in the top four. Right. It'll have to be. It will have to be <laughs> Arsenal then Chelsea. I'd like Chelsea to do no better than they did last season, having spent two hundred and fifty million quid. So. Um, the gold. I I just thought Mo looked so fired up yesterday. I thought he 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 looked pissed that he didn't win the golden boot last season. Yep. So I'm going to go for, <laughs> yeah. for the golden boot. And in, in terms of um in in terms of relegation, I'm going to say West Ham. I'm going to say Fulham. Um, and then I think it will be one of. Um, either West Brom, um, Burnley, or Aston Villa will be the third team. Mm. There you go. There's just yeah. a random. <laughs> <laughs> um, because those are the only teams I can remember at the moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just as we we come to to wrap this up. So, um, Amy Kate, any other business? Anything you want to plug, um, anything you want to share, anything you want to get off your chest? You know, I, I do want to talk about last weekend. Um, we had a so, – so the Liverpool Foundation um, did this This Means More Challenge, and um, they wanted to get as many OLSCs um, and people involved uh, around the world globally. And honestly, it was so much fun, um, and um, – our group, Carlsbad, um, we we were involved. We did a beach cleanup with the Surfrider Foundation on the Saturday, and then one of our um, our members, or it's a couple, they're married and they're they're um, professional dancers. They're actually best in the world right now. Um, so they have a dance studio, and <laughs> this was so fun and so embarrassing as I cannot dance, but we did a dance <laughs> to um, Si Senor and um a, a salsa dance to see senor and and as part of the charity and and having fun and, and giving back and this this whole thing for um uh this means more challenge basically what it was about was giving back to the communities um not just you know in liverpool but showing you know what we do all season all year round what what the fans do and what we do is as as a community but showcasing that and and you know there were there were things done all over the world um there was uh, groups in Kenya that that were doing things that were amazing, um, and um, in India and and um, all over Europe and uh, Madrid did a 96 mile walk over a three day period to raise funds. Um, there was a lot of food banks around the world. There were um, groups that were doing food um, soup kitchen type things and and food pantries and um, sustainable farms that people were giving back to that um, other cleanups um, helping um, with, with the uh, youth um, Vegas was doing um, raising money for the homeless refugees and youth. Um, I mean, it was amazing to see all the wonderful things that people did over that weekend. And I just think it should be um, recognized that, mm-hmm. that with the supporters, and, and and the fans did you know just just because so good, good call out I did see some of it on social media but absolutely we should continue to highlight it and you know the the, the fact is that, that 
you know, we've got passionate fans in every corner of the globe. So, you know, they, they should be celebrated and, and highlighted for their efforts. So thank you for um, bringing that to our attention. Um, Randy, anything from you in terms of get off your chest, highlight, question? Oh, I'm just so glad we're back. It is amazing <laughs> because I haven't really, you know, understood the process because this summer has been so mad and wild. So it's really, really lovely that we're back playing. And uh, what else is back? It's a hashtag. Do you remember hashtag Mbappé? It's oh, back. Yes. Now yes. it's oh, hashtag Mbappé21. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these told... people that do this? I know, but he's just told PSG that he's leaving in the year, so this is going to be interesting. We're going to see it a lot, I'm afraid. I don't believe it will ever happen, but it's fun, though. You don't don't think that's the signal because Messi's leaving in a year that they're just going to do a swap? No, I think it's written in the cards that he's going to uh, Real Madrid. uh, (laughs) You never know. You never know what Klopp is going to... Bring out we're in cycle to dream. So, <laughs> but yes, let, hashtag Mbappe 2021. Yeah, let's get <laughs> trending again. <laughs> um, I don't have anything to, to plug other than this podcast, obviously, which will be plugging. <laughs> um, but just to say, um, I guess for, for our listeners, um, if there are, just just a matter of interest, if there are any particular subjects that you would like us to try and cover in our inevitable rambling way, then uh, <laughs> feel free to to let us know, and we'll um, you know, we'll give you the benefit of our of our um, opinions. But uh, but in general, it is it is great to be back, and and may I say, it's great to be back as Premier League champions. Absolutely. Let's, let's not yeah. forget, we are <laughs> the reigning Premier League mm-hmm. champions. Champions. On that note, I would like us to sign off as the reigning Premier League <laughs> champions. Um, but it's it's fantastic to, to start talking about football again. Um, it's a season full of possibilities. You know, we did we did what we thought we'd never see happen last season, and yeah. we in the midst of a global pandemic so frankly anything is possible so with that <laughs> thank you me amy kate thank you randy thank you listeners for tuning in once again to our podcast and may i just say up the fucking premier league champion reds Sports Social Podcast Network.